I didn't realize that there was right or wrong answers to these questions. Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 143, the I Love You episode. And I do love you, microphone and audience. This week I'm very happy to have returning to the podcast Julia Sanders. Julia is a singer-songwriter from Asheville, North Carolina, and a lot of other places. This is actually part two of our episodes, and a funny story, this was recorded over a year ago, uh, just because I'm that slack. So you're going to hear us talk about a lot of kind of unusual things, like, for instance, uh, the beginning of the pandemic, the middle of the pandemic. I don't think we talked about the third, fourth, or fifth part of the pandemic. That hadn't happened yet. But also, uh, this was recorded on January 6th of last year, so we'll mention that as well. That was kind of weird. We don't get uh, into politics a lot talking about that, but um, as far as the insurrection goes, I mean, I'll just tell you up front, I was against it. I'm not too proud to state that. Anyway, back to music. You can find Julie's music at juliasanders.bandcamp.com, and she is recording a new album. Uh, We talked about her uh, last album on this episode and the previous episode, but she is uh, in the process of recording a new album, which should be coming up, so make sure to follow her on Bandcamp and Spotify so you know when that happens. And also, she has, since we recorded this episode, she has put out an EP of Bruce Springsteen covers, and that was really cool. A lot of interesting approaches to those songs. Also, Julia had another baby since uh, we recorded this episode, so uh, that's why she only talks about her one child. I don't want her new baby to hear this and think that she had forgot about that happening. So I think her plan is to have, uh, have a baby every time she puts out a new album. So looking forward to all those babies and albums. Here is Julia Sanders. Why are people always asking 
circle for lack of a better word you know just the mm. small town talk that happens when you know people in a friend group break up and have a relationship and how that strains your friendships around you and yeah. and all of that um and it's it's a fun song for me to sing because i don't you know so many songs on there are so mellow and that one really like has a a little angst to it which feels mm. good yeah. to break up the show with so that one and it was it was fun to record too because we got to rock out a little bit more oh um, let's talk a little bit about the recording so uh i know this was recorded in that studio you told me about that is a converted church mm-hmm. it's not actually a converted church it's oh. so when i moved to Asheville, i moved you lied to um, well we converted it we oh converted okay, okay. <laughs> but it is still just a small church yeah it's um so in the back so the back of the house i was living in um i was in like a little mother-in-law apartment attached to a larger house and that area the man that owned it before had built this small chapel in the backyard so it's like a big beautiful backyard in a small chapel really tiny fits maybe 30 people um and so um i asked you know my landlord at the time if like I could just practice in there and play music in there because it was an incredible space it sounded so beautiful and and so I would just play there all the time and then when we were thinking of recording and looking for a space it just came up as the obvious choice because the sound even we would have little shows back there I eventually convinced them to start having shows and back in the pre-covid times and Mm -hmm. it was always just like my absolute favorite place to play music and as a songwriter you know it was you, you know, even in, in a show where people, you know, care and are listening, they're still talking and right. having their drinks and hanging out with their friends. Right. And, and there's something about being in a really intimate space like that and playing music and getting to listen to people's songs. And, you know, you can't do that many because it's so um, focused. Right. But, right. Um, but yeah, so that was one of my favorite places to play. And so we basically got um, Patrick that did the recording to bring all his recording equipment in there and set up. And 
Um, at the time we did not have air conditioning in there and it was the middle of the summer and it was Mm -hmm. super hot. Mm -hmm. Um, now there is air conditioning, which we wish we had had it. We're all sweating. Luckily half the band was from New Orleans, so they were used to it. And I was in my first trimester pregnant with my daughters. I was exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a little bit of a messy situation, but, and we knocked it out in two days, two and a half days, and then had to go back to work. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and so does he, does he use that space for, like you said, you had a concert there, but are other people uh, playing there and stuff too? Or is it more like just that no, kind of friend group? It's just, so she has, um, you know, they do weddings back there. They mm-hmm. do like some small events back there. Um, oh, okay. yeah, she, um, does like energy work and mm-hmm. so she does that back there. Um, we've had a number of house shows there, like since I've, even since I've moved out and other mm-hmm. people have started organizing shows there every now and then, but it's not necessarily an event space or anything right, yeah. it's a lot of private property, you know, there's oh, no yeah, parking. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not sending this like to the IRS or anything. If that's, if that's, if you're trying to hide something. So. <laughs> no, I mean, it, I mean, it would be a lovely sure. venue. If yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's allowed to be so, but. Sky it goes on endlessly Great days to come and go with me Try to shake this feeling that I'm nothing And it's nothing like New Need a friend to call my own Reaching through the telephone Call you just to hear you say nothing And it's nothing like me It's nothing here like New Orleans Heat that bends the live oak trees To kiss the ground made for dancing Mississippi, where'd you go? I'm up here in the sleet and snow Trying to be someone I don't know And it's nothing
nothing like New Orleans now that I think about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah I had um, I'd been living in New Orleans and then moved um, with my partner at the time up to Montana and, and was just feeling so isolated and far from my friends and, and missing the music and um, just everything that New Orleans is, just the magical place um, and wrote that. And now singing that song, you know, it also just feels so much about depression itself and, and the place that your brain is, is at when you're in, in a downswing of depression, which is something I struggle with at various times in my life, or I guess I should say all the time, but mm. you know, it goes up and down. So that it still resonates with me so much, even though obviously I'm not living in Montana and, um, I'm not even necessarily longing to live in New Orleans in the same way anymore. Um, mm. But I, I still really connect with that song so much because I, I think it's really ultimately about that feeling of disconnection, you know, yeah. between who you are and where, where you want to be. Or can I ask you? Is sort of a personal question about depression, and I won't use it if you don't want me to. No, please do. I mean, um, obviously, I'm very personal in my songwriting, so right. I but it's not about necessarily your your own depression. But when you when you tell people that you are that you struggle with depression or experience depression, what's the most uh, aggravating or irritating or inappropriate thing response people have to that? Gosh, I think people are mostly pretty wonderful. Oh, really? Oh. No, I don't. <laughs> 
that's that has been my experience with people in general but i'll take your word for it i think um you know i mean i guess there's mixed feelings about medication and Mm -hmm. and i've certainly heard people being like well you should just you know at some point you have to just deal with it on your own you Mm -hmm. know which is not the case and um you know, I think the thing that is hard is when people say, oh, but you have a lot of wonderful things in your life or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you have something to be thankful for. And I think, you know, That's, that makes you feel... That was my prediction. See? Was it? Yeah. See? <laughs> That's what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, or, you know, the suffering is relative and people have it so much harder than you and all that yeah. stuff. And I, I try to I talk think, you out of it. Totally. Kind of thing, and, yeah. I, and I, you know, there's, of course there is depression that is um, based on situational trauma, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's real. And there's also, in addition, people who, you know, have, have brain chemistry that for whatever reason is getting in the way of their ability to access joy. No, I would say that as simply as possible. (laughs) And I think that's, and, and most people are a mix of those two things, right? Like most people who have depression or anxiety are a mix between having situations that have really harmed them and having a chemical imbalance of some kind that, sure. that depletes their ability to, to connect and find beauty. You know, like there's that line and nothing like New Orleans about beauty everywhere, but I feel nothing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it doesn't matter where I am in the world. If you're in a period of depression, that's how you feel. You know, that's that's yeah. the beast that it is, unfortunately. Right, right. Yeah, at least I mean, that's been my experience. Many people's experience who I think struggle with the same thing. You right. Know? It's a lot like uh, because because whether I mean, like people have a right to feel depression, whether it's chemical or or you know. Uh, 100% cognitive, but but it's kind of like if you um, came down with pneumonia and someone said, "Oh, but your you know your eye you can see so well, your your hearing is so great." You know, <laughs> it doesn't make it not <laughs> you know not a bad thing to have pneumonia. You're like, oh, my lungs have shit. So, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> right. It's like yeah, just uh, yeah, yeah, just power through it. You know. And I think it's. I mean, I'm. I like to normalize talking about mental health because mm-hmm. it needs to be normalized. And I think we all need to talk about it more because it's, you know, it's something that affects so many people. And one of the things that you do when you, you know, have depression or anxiety is you feel like you can't share and you isolate. So yeah. I think allowing yourself to talk and connect other people and see that we're all having similar experiences in a lot of ways is, is really important. Uh, well, I support you in that. I think you're doing a good job. Days are coming soon If you wait around Eventually you'll bloom Hard times get ready You better make some room 
Good days is the next one. Oh, that's such a good transition. Yeah, right. Yeah, so good days. um, Good days I wrote, like, basically just telling myself that things that I wanted to hear at a time when when I didn't believe any of it, you know. Um, It actually came from my mom who would always be like, good days are coming. Good days are coming. You know, she's a very like positive thinking kind of person, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I guess it just got into my, my loop and it showed up in a song. Um, that's kind of like motivational semi gospel song Uh or something. Um, 
but yeah, I wrote that. I was waiting to go for a dog walk on the levee in New Orleans and that good days is coming soon. Hard times get ready. You better make some room came to me and I probably recorded it into my phone Mm -hmm. like I do so that I don't forget it. And, and then I think the rest of it came later, like going through the different things that I sort of wanted to hear. And is that a song like you kind of, um, you ever listen to it or play it to kind of pick yourself up? I should, shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend say, that should be my alarm clock in the morning. Oh, <laughs> like that's, that's a great the idea. Best compliment I ever heard. Oh. Um, you know, I, I recorded it as we were waiting for the election results and posted it on my Instagram recently because I wanted to hear it again. And it was for that reason. Like I was like, I want, I want to play this song again right now for myself. Yeah. I like that. So yeah, sometimes I guess I do. I'll make a note to do something with that. Yeah, I mean, I posted it. It was like the day I, I made that video because I had been thinking about it in relationship to the election and waiting and, and trying to feel hopeful. Um, and I made that video. And then I think like two hours later, they called it. You know, oh, and my yeah. neighbor was outside like banging a bell <laughs> and... My partner shot off a firework. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, good days right now happening. <laughs> Here we go. Are we not supposed to get political on the podcast? Oh, no, no. You can totally get political. Yeah, I get political all the time. In fact, I right. was just wondering um, what's happening in the world right now because we've been talking for like you know, an hour and I'm like, I know. Uh, I'm We're like be here, like, so anxious. Yeah. <laughs> I turned the notifications <laughs> off so I wouldn't Ugh, get I something. Might, there might just be like a coup being pulled out of the White House now. I haven't heard any sirens outside so so far. I know. Probably okay. It's really, you know, my I have a two-year-old and she obviously is like semi-verbal right now. And she understands a lot, but like, you know, she doesn't understand what's happening in the news. Right. But, you know, we're we've both been listening and like I could just see her getting more agitated. And I was like, we got to turn this off because she's like just picking up on all of our anxiety and our energy and it's just a lot, you know, there's like, they're little energetic sponges just in your <laughs> space. All the time. Like, I remember, um, when I was, let's see, maybe, maybe seven or eight, uh, I was watching the news. I was a real nerdy seven or eight years old and I would watch like Walter Cronkite every now, not every night, but every now and then <laughs> I just thought he was like, you know, like watching Captain Kangaroo or something. Um, but one night he was talking about something. I didn't really understand anything he said, except um, he at the end of something, he just almost like flippantly said, and the um, and the ambassador said, we took one more step towards aborting World, World War Three, And he just went to the next thing. And I was like, what, what did he just say? What? And just and like that stuck with me like 40 years later. I'm like, what? I wonder what I can't even remember what happened that day. And I've like tried to figure it out. But I was like, oh, my God. So we just narrowly avoided World War Three when I was like eight years old. I don't know. Who knows what happened? So that kind yeah, of thing does just, stick. You probably narrowly avoid World War Three all the time. Yeah, that's true. The horrifying that's thing. true. Yeah. It's that's, probably like if we worked in the White House, we'd be like, uh, yeah. another World War Three. You, you just go home every day like, oh, my God, we are so screwed. Yeah. Been wandering around this world, looking 
shows until I was like I mean I couldn't hold my guitar properly so oh, yeah. it was probably seven, yeah. eight months pregnant. Did it, it turned <laughs> into a lap a lap steel you're playing it just up yeah, here yeah I got kind of like sideways yeah. and then I would like turn <laughs> yeah we did our album release at the double crown at I don't know December and she was born in end of January so that goes to show you how often she was at shows but you know she would have her like favorite tunes in there and she would kick me mm-hmm. like during certain songs and oh, so yeah. that was always her, that was always her favorite and i was like it's because it's about your dad so you know do you think it was her favorite because she did kick you or because she didn't kick you 
Oh, I guess I thought it was her favorite because she did kick me. She did kick you. Kicking me is usually exciting. Yeah, I'm trying to think how often I kick like, people when I really like a song. Uh, it's I, different. When yeah. you're when you're a fitness, it's like, oh, you're gonna have a snack. <laughs> you know, right? So you get—that's their only way of showing excitement. Right, right. It's like when a, a a little girl likes a little boy, or a little boy likes a little. He might he might slap her or tag her or something. So if, right. if your or baby like likes a song, because she might have been wife, like, like, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. that's so good. Like, yeah. You know, do that. Yeah, she's <laughs> dancing in there. Totally. That's um, her jam. Tell me a little bit about the um, some of the musicians that you play with regularly or have recorded with regular regularly. So the recording is a little different than the than the band that I play with here in Asheville. Mm-hmm. Um, so the recording was um, a good mix of friends from Orleans. Originally, it was going to be um, John James Torville, who who lives here in Asheville most of the time, but I know from New Orleans, mm-hmm. um, who plays pedal steel on guitar and um, dobro and pretty much produced it and helped me. You know, he's really amazing with um, just being able to hear how a song is going to sound mm-hmm. with all the instrumentation ahead of time. It's it's really wonderful. Yeah. So he helped a huge amount with that. Um, and then Esther Rose, who came up to sing harmony, um, is my dear friend and like my songwriting sister she's like the person that i will always send a song to as soon as it's done um and has really been just more than anyone someone who's helped me just find my confidence in my songwriting um so she came up to sing and also helped too with like sort of being able to visualize the the final way that the songs were going to sound because really before that I was just playing them on guitar and singing and sometimes having Esther sing harmony or sometimes having Lyle play fiddle, but they were not a full band Mm -hmm. uh, situation. So, um, and then Lyle also was from New Orleans company played fiddle. Um, And then sort of at the last minute they were like, Oh, we should add some drums in. And so we pulled in Stacy to come in and play drums. And actually I've been playing with her and Mick who plays bass here. Um, Now in Nashville, they're part of my thing. And then um, Annie Erbson plays upright bass on the album. More from Julia Sanders in just a few moments. I did want to mention that this is going to be a very long episode because we talked a lot about a lot of songs. But I don't know about you, but I feel like the time is just flying by. It's almost uh, too fast. Don't forget you can find Julia's music at juliasanders.bandcamp.com. Also, you can find her on Spotify and a bunch of other places. Make sure to check the show notes for where to find her music. And also, don't forget to follow her on Spotify and Instagram and Uh, Bandcamp so that you are notified when her new album comes out, which she is working on now. Hi, my name's Mitzi Mueller from Wolf Willow, and I'm here to say that our new single, All I Can Say, is out now on all streaming platforms. We sure do hope you like it, and we love you very much. Know how to tell you how I feel. 
Also, don't forget to follow the podcast, WNC Original Music, wherever you get your podcasts, or go to wncoriginalmusic.com. Clarifications and corrections from last week's episode with Blake Hornsby. R.E.M. was an alt-rock band from the 80s, 90s, and into the 21st century. And REI is a uh, like an outdoors hiking clothing and equipment company. So we were both right. This is Trisha Tripp of Hearts Gone South, and you're listening to Western North Carolina Original Music. There's a record thing 
nostalgic brain. I think I have a tendency to really romanticize the past and miss things so intensely um, in a way that sometimes makes it hard to be present. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that song's about. Just missing friends and missing the past, but not even in a in a in a sad way. You know, the, the nothing like New Orleans is is a different sort of feeling. Like Whereas by the glassful is just less, um, less missing and more nostalgia. Maybe I guess is the only way I know how to mm-hmm. say it. You know. Yeah. And that song has also been in my head a lot in COVID quarantine times. You right. know, just missing being out with friends, missing playing music, miss dancing, traveling, all that stuff. Like it just feels like a world away right now. So that song has felt really relevant and definitely those lyrics come up in my head from time to time. Yeah. There are some things that are starting to feel like, um, not that they're gone forever, but they're just going to get be hard to get back into. Like if it was just gone for a month and you had a month to recenter yourself and time away, But, you know, after like going on a year, you're like, do I know how to do that anymore? You know, do I like I was thinking the other day yeah. about like, uh, like just with the podcast, like going out, if I go out and record a band, I'm like, I don't, I don't remember everything I do. What, do I, you know, what do I take? You know, all that stuff feels like starting from scratch with a lot of things. Yeah. And I think our, our personal space has just naturally widened. Like I, I noticed just like yeah. what I can where my own bubbles is definitely bigger, you know, like to think about going to a crowded bar and 
and partner dancing with people. Like, you know, it's just it's so crazy right yeah. now. It's been almost a year of, of needing to really like be so strict in our, in our isolation, but I mean, it'll come back. I really, I believe it's going to come back. I don't think we're never going to see live shows again. I don't think we're never going to dance, you know, right. and be out of bars again, but it's just taking a lot longer than we all thought originally. Yeah, definitely. Just another day Buried in the things you cannot see But if you want the best for me Can't you see it's time to set me free On the line You just keep on pulling that string all the time On the line, on the line but To know I'm yours but you're not really mine Run into you on the town Should I've known see you round Six months out and back to start Feeling like my whole world's come apart On the line On the line You just keep on pulling that string So on the line, 
someone were written probably within a few days of each other, Mm. at most a week of each other. Um, And, you know, I think they're like two sides of, of the same time in my life and two sides of the same um, feeling in that breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both saying like, okay, you need to give me space and you need to step back and you need to let me heal on my own, which was like calling someone and on the line, which was like this, like still feeling connected, still feeling cold. Um, longing place. Yeah. I don't know if I'm describing that very well. <laughs> I think I get it. Yeah. A different kind of a different shade of a similar emotion, maybe. Yeah, I mean they were both written within the same week and mm. and I was really struggling with letting go of a relationship and and having that person close in my life again. And I I think that they were both they both came out of that and they both have very different um, feelings to me, which is interesting that they were written so close together because usually for me, like I write a song and then I probably write another song, you know, a month later, mm-hmm. if that, and they're very, um, you know, they're like little time capsules to whatever I'm going through in that moment. Yeah. So they're their own unique thing. It's not often that I'll like write a bunch of songs in one period of time. Mm-hmm. So the fact that those both came out of the same time and they're very different in my mind is it's interesting they're an interesting little pair yeah. um, um works, you know that's i guess the reason i made that also the title of the album is it's i mean everything on that album is about feeling connected to other people and our connections to other people hmm. like between breakups or new relationships or you know friendships like you know, um, by the glass full, it's like, that's a friendship song, you know? And it's like the song that I sent to a friend on her birthday about, um, you know, anyway. So yeah, I guess on the line is just the reason that became the, the album title is just because it, it's about attention to one person, that song, but it overall, it, it, it what I was trying to say with the album. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Kind of like a, um, oh, I don't know. I guess it'd be at the beginning, but kind of like an overture for the album, maybe <laughs> like a, a summation. Yeah. I don't know. Neither one. It ends up like. being at the end. But yeah, yeah. You know how they put the overtures at the end nowadays. <laughs> Different. I love an old musical. Right. So yeah. 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 <laughs> um. Okay. This is a dumb question. I got a few dumb questions. Some. Uh. I don't want to hey. give them to y'all at one time. Um. Do you have this is kind of a request. Do you have a um, a singer impersonation that you do? Oh, somebody, somebody that you sound like. Don't do. Everybody does Eddie Vedder. Don't do Eddie Vedder. Oh no, I yeah. was gonna like go Joan Baez or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have told you to. Do you have your guitar nearby? I'm gonna put you on the spot. I, I don't want to give you a notice of this because it's. I want to be more organic. I don't know. I have to think. I wish you had given me my. I, I should have. Okay, well, think about it Here. while we're talking. Maybe something will come up. Oh, I could. How about Nico? Can I do a. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't really. Just do a full line from beginning to end. Okay. Gosh. When you think that life has get you down, <laughs> please let down your head. That's good. I you. That was wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Why don't more people do Nico impressions? That would Nico that's a great is impression. Such a one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm definitely using that. Please do. That's funny because I do a. I'm not going to do it for you now because I'm the one asking the questions, but I do an impression uh, impression of, um, oh God, what's his name? He was in the velvet underground. Um, the Lou Reed, Lou Reed. I do Lou oh. Reed, but singing Baba O'Reilly, teenage wasteland by the who, wow, that's meta. but with the sweet oh, Jane chord progression, because I have a similar <laughs> chord progression. So I do Lou Reed singing that song with the Sweet Jane Corporation. I'll, I'll send you if, if I do it. Every, every, yeah, yeah, we'll see. You'll see it one day. I'll put it online or something. No, you'll never see me doing anything.
that ended up on that album or the last song. I don't know the last song written on that album. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the last song on the album. It is also the last song on the album. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but it was the one that I wrote most recently when we recorded the album. I guess that makes more sense. Um, and that one is really just, you know, it's about being an adult having a history, having a past, and then coming into a new relationship and just finding a way to, you know, take what has served you and let the rest of it go. And like also relate to another person that has a whole history and a whole life. Um, yeah. And just sort of leaving behind the things that, that aren't serving you anymore, hmm. which is the, the ghost part of it. Is that intentionally... I mean, that's kind of a good ending for the album. You're kind of leaving things behind. How much did you yeah. think about song placement on the album? That one, I definitely wanted to end the album with that one. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to start it with like the smoke um, because I think that it really, we were talking about overtures, but it almost like, you know, it, I think it introduces like my mindset as a, as a person looking for love or searching for um, home or place. And that's really what the rest of the album is about. So I think it starts out with this big open question and then it ends with better run, which is sort of more about being in a, in a place where you're processing everything that's happened and then, letting things go and then in between a lot of it was just based on songs and how they sounded together and what you know sort of balancing out the slower songs and the faster songs but mm -hmm. um, but the first and last song were definitely intentional in that way i've seen um i've seen a few people comment uh non-musicians like music appreciators i guess that they mm -hmm. think musicians don't think about the album or the track order because everything's just out streaming and everything. But I think, I think musicians do. I think if you make it, if you put out an album, even if you put it on Bandcamp and not a physical CD, you're thinking about the order. It's not, you know, I don't know anybody that just said ever has ever said, Oh, I just did it randomly or alphabetical or something like that. 
No, I don't think so. I mean, and also I listen to a lot of records and I love the feeling of listening to a record and the timing of listening to a record. Yeah. Yeah. So that currently was in my head. And if if it's split in half, I did in my mind, imagine if it was going to be a vinyl someday, it would split in half. Mm -hmm. And I think that it would end. I'm going to get, hold on. Oh yeah. Yeah, so that means the first half of the record. So in my imagination, if it was ever made into a record, like a vinyl, that it would end with nothing like New Orleans on Mm. the A side and then start with Good Days on the B side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which would be nice. Right, right. But obviously that's... Kind of a cliffhanger. Not cliffhanger, (laughs) but... It is, and also that's sort of how it felt like it was like good days was like the end of my time in Montana and then picking up and moving back to New Orleans. And, and that's really when I um, had this big burst of songwriting at that time where most of the songs on this album came from. Um, But good days was one of the earlier ones that I wrote there. So here's another one I should have uh, asked you in advance. Do you have (laughs) a a music or singing tip or mini lesson that you could give or tell people? Music. I'm really not a great guitar player, so no one wants me to teach them guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that like the greatest tip that I have for myself to share is just to not get in your head about it and to mm-hmm. not be afraid and to just be bold. Mm-hmm. I think with singing, with songwriting, you know, the, the thing that really messes you up is just um, being afraid to sing from your soul and to write from your soul and, and to share that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just trust that either the audience is friends or people you don't know and who cares.
Since my daughter's been born, you know, I really, I think we, we touched on this earlier, just this idea of like, you know, now my life's in a different place and what am I writing about if I'm not writing about, you know, breakups and all that. Um, and going through this huge transition into being a parent and to motherhood, um, you know, it's enormous and it's not something that there's a lot of songs out there about. There's like a few that are out there, like, um, Brandy Carlisle's the mother, do you know that song that mm -hmm. like, I think I listened to that song every day after my daughter was born because I just felt like, Oh, okay. There's somebody else out there that's, that has had this experience. That's because music is how I connect to other people's emotional experience, you know? So to uh, to hear someone else voicing some of those things, like just both the the love and the like complete, oh my God, what have I done? Where yeah. is my life anymore? You know, that that feeling was so amazing. And um so anyway, that's where, you know, women in between is coming from from that place of just and I and if 
you know, that hopefully there'll be time to record coming up here in the next year or so. Um, and that's what all, most of the songs that I've been writing have been more about, you know, maintaining relationships and being in relationship as opposed to like breakups and getting together and, mm. you know, about myself and my awareness of, of being a mother and a woman and changes and all those things. Have you ever, um, written a song for your daughter or like a children's song or anything like that? Um, Dreamer's Waltz, which is on that oh, yeah. recording I wrote for her when I was pregnant with her. Oh, okay. Um, well, don't talk that, about it now. We got okay. one. <laughs> yeah. You'll jinx it. Okay. <laughs> what do you have a favorite show that you ever played? Oh man, that's hard. I love the album release that we did at the Double Crown. That was so just joyous and wonderful. And all of our friends were there and dancing. And that album was such a labor of love. And it was mm-hmm. just so great to see it out. Um, any of the little house shows that we played at that chapel in Asheville, yeah. I love those.
that is only me and you. Um, it's really bluesy for me. Different kind of style in a way, I think. Um, that was this idea of like, how can I write a, a love song about being in relationship, you know, versus like coming in and out of it. And, and that sort of longing that you have for your partner when you're, when you're with someone, you know, but maybe you're just busy in your own lives and you're doing your own thing and you just sort of get lost in the day to day and you, you miss that connection that you have, you know, where it's just, just you two and you're the only two people in the whole world. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously that's not how it is for me and my partner anymore. So yeah. You know, that's interesting because uh, you, you were talking uh, earlier about not having, mm, like being kind of settled, but you've also mm-hmm. talked about like probably seven, eight, ten different situations that while you're still settled, you know, you're still writing songs about, about other things. Like they, you know, the situations come up or, or things come up that don't have to do with necessarily like a, a relationship not being settled but you're, you're finding those things, those, those parts of an existing relationship to, uh, to write or talk about, you know? Right. Right. Cause hopefully we're not settled, right? Like hopefully we're still evolving and changing and growing and things are different all the time. And we have challenges and, and sort of to pretend that, you know, we're only ever going to write songs about falling in love or breaking up doesn't, doesn't give value to all of the emotional depth that right. that is in a relationship with another person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So. Dream well Dream well 
just an ounce. Wish I knew what the world had in its course. But now you are floating in the endless of oceans. Never a stone, never a shore. Dreamer's Waltz is one that I wrote for my daughter. Um, I wrote it while I was still pregnant with her. And someone had told me that babies dream in utero. And it just blew my mind. And I remember thinking, like, what are they dreaming about in there? Like, I mean, that's <laughs> that's a tangent that we could really go yeah, off on, yeah. right? But, like, what are babies dreaming about? Is it like their past lives? Is it like just like lights and colors and sounds? Like what is happening? So I was thinking about that and also just, where were we in the world? Trump wasn't elected yet. I don't think, I don't know. It's been a long four years. How old is your, how old is your daughter? We can do the math right now. Is she more than four? She's only two. Oh so yeah, he was elected. Yeah, he, he was, was definitely elected. elected. Yeah, yeah, she's about to turn two. You're trying so, to you're trying yeah, to so on her behalf black block Trump out of your mind out of her life. Um, I am, yeah. but unfortunately, yes, she was being born. So she was born in the middle of the Trump administration, and I just you know, I remember thinking like, right now she has everything she needs. She has no fear. She mm -hmm. has no pain. She has no struggles. And like, that's crazy. And, and as soon as she gets out in the world, you know, you can't keep your kids from, from living their lives and experiencing all the things that made us who we are. But it's as a parent, it's so overwhelming also yeah. to, to feel that weight, you know? Mm. So, I mean, it's a very, sweet song but it came from this place of just sort of like deep um protection over her at yeah. that time this is, this is dumb because now I'm, I'm focused on what the babies dream about and i'm trying to think of what do they see what like can, they dream about? yeah because <laughs> i mean how how dark is it in there have they ever like uh i mean you can't ask them because they're aloof about it all well the time. you can shine this is like the ob nurse now talking mm -hmm. but you can like shine a flashlight and they'll go right they'll go they oh, can really? see oh okay like a little all right of, so their eyes are open right so you see some flashes yeah yeah so they At might be just dreaming of like open. kidneys and spleens and stuff you know just whatever they know yeah, <laughs> that's all they know is <laughs> like oh liver again so Great. Loud. yeah 
We'll never know for well, sure. They're in a sack. They're not just like floating in the <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I thought they were just going all through. <laughs> I'll go. Let's see what's. But they're yeah. not just like in. Like you see a little hand come up here. You know, there's a hand there. I know that. I know that. The midwife work if we're going to listen to this podcast and be like, what right. is she talking yeah. about? Yeah. Babies are in a sack. Is that the technical <laughs> term for it? Babies are, babies are in a sack. Is that the technical term? They're in a sack. Babies are in a sack. Oh, yeah. They're in an amniotic sack. I they're know. They're in an amniotic sack. Amniotic sack. I know. All right. I took a class. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't do very well, obviously. <laughs> I want to know how they know babies dream. It's because not like babies are like, oh my God, I had a dream and I was like drinking milk, but it wasn't milk. You know, I can't quite explain but it. Like you, know? you were there? Yeah, you, but you weren't you. I think they measure you? their brain waves. Right, yeah. I think they measure their brain waves and they're an REM that's probably That's probably what it is. Yeah. Science. I was in a uterus, but then it was someone else's uterus. But then- right, right. Yeah. All right, here's another dumb question. This is really dumb. This is a test. Do straws, straw, S-T-R-A, I have a terrible accent. Do straws have two holes or one hole? One. That goes all the way through. It goes all the way through. That is correct. All right. That was, <laughs> this was a yes. I didn't yeah. realize that there was a right or wrong answer to yeah, these no, that, that was a, yeah. All right. Um, let's say, um, What's a genre or a song or two or an artist that you listen to and like that people wouldn't expect it? That would be surprising maybe to people. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen? Really? We already had our Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I would think you like Bruce Springsteen. I don't think he's he's surprising. Um, Yeah, not surprising. I mean, that I still listen to you? Uh, Maybe. Or that you have or, you know. This is one there are no correct right or wrong answers on. There's a couple of wrong. I mean, when I was in high school through college, I like exclusively listened to like Riot Girl punk music. Oh yeah, because you were in a punk band. Yeah, yeah, I like wanted to be like Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill, and that was what I wanted to do, which is probably pretty different than my current uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. But I have to say, I don't know. I have like sat down and listened to a Bikini Kill album. Not that anyone sits down and listens to Bikini Kill. With the like smoking jacket on pipe, like, hmm. And my wine and just, right. I'll just listen to some Lachini Grad this evening. Sunday brunch. Bikini kill. Yeah. It's a little kini and a nice sherry on a Saturday evening. (laughs) But I do love Sunday kini. Oh, yeah. I love it. Do you think you ever might, um, might, do that again like maybe when your daughter's older maybe you just like play bass for a riot girl band or something like that Brad, i don't <laughs> i um i don't know that i have that much angst anymore hmm. honestly well i mean you just like i don't bass. know that I, yeah. yeah i guess i'm just playing it's probably yeah. gonna be like my daughter's band and like, oh, yeah. yeah that'd be great that'd be great <laughs> and all the songs will be like my mom sucks and i'm like <laughs> Um, when I was, uh, when I was like just starting to play music, there was this band, I I barely was like a guy I went to high school with, but I didn't know, but I only knew him because we both had, were in bands, both terrible bands, but his uncle was in his band and his uncle was like probably almost old enough to be his, uh, grandfather, you know? Um, 
and, but it was like a bluegrass band. So it kind of, you know, that a bluegrass band is weird because <laughs> yeah, it's where you can have five generations in a bluegrass band. Yeah, like, um, the Watson family band. That's yeah, really yeah, right that's there. not weird at all. Yeah, that'd be an interesting. Talk. I should Staple ask. Staple singers. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, soul. You can have, you can have different generations. Bluegrass, not really rock bands. It just doesn't fit. Yeah, folk yeah, bands. Yeah, it just like feels like. Yeah. Folk bands definitely. Yeah. Um. That song says question is kind of the same. This is kind of the same question, but do you have a, 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 a song that is like a guilty pleasure that you like that, uh, you know, you might think is a bad, I don't like to judge songs, but, uh, but like, I like, um, call me maybe it's one of my favorite songs oh, in the world. Yeah. yeah. I love that song. I listen to it all the time. Uh, um, I mean, you don't know what I listen to. Know, otherwise, that might be. That's just so positive. I mean, yeah. how can you not feel better about the world when you hear that song? Yeah. Really. Um, my toddler is currently learning how to potty train, so we've been listening to "Potty in the USA" whenever <laughs> she. What? <laughs> it's just "Party in the USA," but I right. sing "Potty in the USA." You know, I figured you didn't have to. I know. I don't know how dumb you think I. But I you did did not have to I explain. I don't think there's a cover of, of potty out right. there, but right. So that might be my current guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'm enjoying it. After like seven times, I mean, it's like a good song, but after about seven times, that's really enough. Mm, I think. Yeah. Aaron, are, are we talking about party in the USA or potty in the USA? Oh no, party! There party. is no potty in the USA. That's just me. I don't. I don't know. There me. might be like a kids' bop version of that. I don't know. There should be. Okay, I want to thank Julia again for being on the podcast. Just had a great time talking to her and recording um, the band live. I had forgotten uh, to mention that before. Those last three songs you heard were live versions of songs that will be on her new upcoming album. And also that was recorded at the Moth Light uh, in Asheville, uh, which has since closed down, was kind of a victim of the pandemic. Uh, just a great place to go and listen to music and record music if you're a podcaster. One more time, you can find Julia's music at juliasanders.bandcamp.com and also find her on Spotify and a lot of other places. We'll have links in the show notes for that. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, then go do that right now. WNC Original Music, wherever you get your podcasts. The closing song this week comes from Riley Downs. Riley is an alt-country artist originally from Texas and now living in Chicago. She's starting a series where she releases a single a month, and the first one came out on February 12th, and she's letting the podcast play it this week. You can find her music at RileyDownsMusic.com and, of course, uh, in the links in the show notes. Here is Riley Downs. Have a good week. Right.
Listen to podcasts. I just I haven't heard this specific podcast.